spooky friends. Today we're bringing you another great episode of Dairyland Frights, the paranormal podcast that covers everything spooky, creepy, and mysterious in the Midwest. My name is John, and I'm joined by my two co-hosts, two co-hosts Megan and Brooke. So first, uh, I have to ask, how's the Harry Potter game going? <laughs> it's going great. I, you know, I um, I picked Hufflepuff, which is odd for me. Nice. Um, cause I'm usually either a Gryffindor or Slytherin depending on the day, mm, but, um, Slytherin. but I really, I really liked Hufflepuff's common room. It was very like Hobbit, Hobbity, you know, like lots sure. of plans, circle, circular doors. So I like that a lot, but it's fun. It's a, it's a good time. I just started playing yesterday. So nice. Megan, are you Slytherin? I'm guessing. <laughs> I, I wish I went with Ravenclaw this time. So Raven? I'll, I'll, maybe I'll play through again with a different house. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. Yeah, um, not so, very good at dueling, though. <laughs> That's okay. We're we'll work better. on that. We'll get that down. Um, so if any of you haven't played the Harry Potter game, uh, Megan and Brooke are playing it right now. I'm going to buy it uh, eventually, and then they're going to have to run me through it when they're <laughs> pros. Um, but speaking of Harry Potter, no, we're not doing a Harry Potter episode. Um, <laughs> but we are doing something that's kind of magical and kind of out there. And what we're doing is UFOs or UAPs, <laughs> mm -hmm. whatever they're called. Um, who knows, right? Um, and we're going to cover more of this in the future. This is going to be an FO episode. It was going to be a mini, but we kind of, like anything, we love talking about the paranormal. And we're doing a little bit different, you know, uh, trying to bring some enlightenment to our audience and cover UFOs. So, Hey, let's just get started because this is some great stuff. Uh, Brooke, take it away with Lake Huron. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited because we're we're talking about, or I'm gonna like kind of start us off with more of a topical um thing that's been happening in the news recently. Yeah. Um, there has been a lot of talks about UFOs and UAPs recently because of uh the Chinese spy balloon, but then um kind hey, of hey, like hey, there was no Chinese spy balloon. <laughs> no, no, yeah, yeah, right, sure. <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. all of the weird things that happened in like the week following with all the other like random UFOs that were getting mm -hmm. shot down mm -hmm. and all this stuff. So that's what we're gonna kind of talk about. Um right. so a little bit of background. I was going to focus mostly on the Lake Huron. So they, they call them high altitude objects. You know, if you look up their Wikipedia pages, it's the Lake Huron high altitude object. Uh, so that was the one that I was going to focus on first because that was actually seen um, in Wisconsin. Um, mm. But everything kind of ties together. So basically talking about the Lake Huron one, this happened on February 11th, 2023. So this was just mm. a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, an octagon shaped object about the size of a four-wheeler was spotted over northern Montana. Kind of a weird way to describe the, the size <laughs> yeah. of it. Um, very but, particular. Yeah, very, very specific. Oh, yeah. But it was oh. actually, I believe it was the fighter pilot who shot it down who described it that way. So it, I was like, oh, it must be pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, so this was spotted in northern Montana and then it kind of disappeared and then the next day it was spotted in Wisconsin and it was flying over the upper, upper peninsula of Michigan at about 20,000 feet in the air. Mm. Um, and for reference, uh, the flying altitude for airplanes is around 36,000 feet. So it mm. was pretty significantly lower than what an airplane would be flying at. So they, um, I guess, President Biden ordered it to be shot down. 
um, <laughs> which is which is interesting. Uh, we don't usually like hear about stuff like this happening, even no. though we kind of assume that it probably yeah. happens. But um, right. that was kind of interesting because these the the couple instances we're going to talk about the uh, UAPs <laughs> were flying at different altitudes, and this one was considered mm -hmm. to be a little bit less of a risk because it was so far below what the cruising speed of a airplane is. So they ordered right. it to be shut down. And then when it comes to the recovery, so on February, uh, so they went out and they were trying to recover this object or pieces of it. And I believe when it was shot down, it actually crashed in Canada. So it was actually the Royal Canadian Mounted Police that were like, going out and looking for it. And on the 16th, they announced that they had suspended the search for the object because of the bad weather conditions. And then they just kind of determined that they had a very low chance of recovery, um, mm. of recovering this object. And so, you know, they're basically like, well, we don't know where it went. We don't know if we're ever going to find it. So <laughs> whatever we mm. give up, um, which you'll see is kind of a, a common occurrence. Um, deny, deny, deny. Yeah, but we, yeah. So we don't know what happened to this. We don't really know what the source is of, or like where it came from, but, um, We'll come back to it a little bit, but interestingly, within 24 hours of this happening, two other objects were also discovered and shot down. So the oh. first one being the Yukon high altitude, high altitude object. So apparently this object was a little bit different. It wasn't an octagon shaped four wheeler size object. This was a small metallic balloon with a tethered payload and tied to mm -hmm. um, the government basically said that it was tied to commercial or research entities and therefore totally benign in their words. That was according to the national security council spokesman, John Kirby, um, which is a little bit sketchy to just be like, yeah. So they, they said it was tied to commercial or research entities, but didn't specify which ones. And actually uh, an anonymous Canadian official claimed that the object was believed to be a surveillance balloon of Chinese or Russian origin. Okay. Um, but he didn't, he didn't say who he was or anything and no one else said that. So maybe it was, maybe it wasn't, but it does seem that it was some right. sort of balloon. And again, it had a quote unquote tethered payload. So they think that it was some kind of like hmm. device that was monitoring things or doing surveillance. Sure. Um, but again, this balloon was shot down. Um, this time I believe it was, uh, Trudeau who ordered this one but like in um, like you know cooperation with the US government and this object also was not recovered so this one again mm -hmm. it was like hey the wilderness is too vast we're not even going to like attempt to recover this object so oh, okay. we don't know what this one was either sure. Sure. Uh, yeah so who knows that one also shot it down hey, who knows what happened to it hey Brooke do you think yeah. Trudeau do you think Trudeau and Biden played rock, paper, scissors? To just, so who gets to shoot it down? Can you see them? <laughs> maybe. Over Zoom? Zoom? Yeah, rock, maybe. paper, scissors. Damn, Trudeau. You won. <laughs> yeah. Well, lucky for them, there was just another one right around the corner. So they got okay, to, you know, share in the fun. <laughs> um, so this next one, this was Alaska. So the Alaska Ooh. high altitude object. This one was described as cylindrical and silver, metallic. Uh, the size of a small car. So I believe wow. out of all these ones, mm. this was the largest one. And they said that this one appeared to float. Um, and this one was shot down at around 40,000 feet in the air. So this was like right around the same um, elevation that airplanes usually fly. So uh, mm. this one was more of like a risk to actually shoot down because they didn't want to pose again, any risk to the public who would be flying on a commercial aircraft. But, um, but they did again, shoot it down. Um, 
And interestingly, there were some like kind of differing reports when it came to what the pilots that interacted with this object were saying. So some said that the object actually caused interference with the sensors on their aircrafts, but others did not say that. Some, some said that that wasn't the case. And then some pilots actually said that they could not identify any means of propulsion on the object, which is kind of an interesting thing that kind of comes up over and over again when talking about UAPs is that like, oh, it was moving. Like it was moving, I think like 50 miles an hour, they said, but they couldn't find out. They couldn't figure out like how it was moving. Um, So again, with this one, the White House said that same thing that they believe that it was tied to research entities and therefore benign. But um but it was not clear like who owned this object, where it came from, what it was. Um, this one though, interestingly, they did find debris from this object. So they said that the debris was um, collected by recovery teams, divers and unmanned underwater vehicles in the Alaska region, wherever it crashed. Um, hmm. But they, I haven't found any information on like what was exactly recovered. Sure. If it was just like hmm. random, random hunks of metal. Yeah. I don't really know. I don't know. Right. Yeah. I don't know if they just like haven't released that yet or if they're planning to, I'm not really sure. Um, so it's very odd. This literally all happened within like 24 hours. Like all three of these UFOs were shot down in very different areas, um, but all in like the Northern United States, Southern Canada area. Right. Um, and again, this all occurred like exactly one week after the Chinese spy balloon was discovered um, mm. and shot down by the U.S. government, which th- it was shot down over the coast of South Carolina, um, yeah. which I thought was interesting. But um, so there was a quote by Melissa Dalton, who is the assistant secretary of defense, and she said that it was kind of because of the balloon that all of this happened. So after the whole balloon thing, the U.S. upped their scrutiny and enhanced their radar systems over the next oh, week. Sure. So they were kind yeah. of like looking for other similar mm-hmm. balloons because they're like right. hey this happened maybe we should like keep an eye out for additional spy right. balloons um so <laughs> seemingly that kind of led to the discovery of all these other like unrelated ufos slash uaps um and this kind of blew my mind she i don't remember if it was an exact quote from her or just kind of general information but normally about 98 percent of radar data is not routinely analyzed because wow. most of it consists of like flocks of birds, weather balloons, and sure. other explainable occurrences. So they normally sure. just like don't even analyze it. So in this case, they were like being a little bit more scrutinizing mm-hmm. of all this data that they were collecting. But it's just crazy to think about like how many things are just like being caught on radar that nobody is even paying any attention to because <laughs> oh, right, they're right. like, oh, well, it's probably a bird. Who knows? Yeah. Um, but yeah, or and then another. Yeah, we're the Chicago Moth. That's so true. It definitely, you know, it definitely could be the Chicago Moth, man. I wonder. <laughs> it all comes together in the end. Yes, it does. Um, but interestingly, too, there's actually a Wikipedia article. We can keep track of this over the course of the year, but it's called <laughs> List of High Altitude Object Events in 2023. Nice. <laughs> and there nice. are other ones. There are other ones as well. Oh, um, yeah. They're not just in the U.S. They're in other places as mm-hmm. well, but there's already like 10 uh and i thought it was kind of fun so i couldn't find a list like this for any other year um but so this is maybe a little bit odd but it's not necessarily completely abnormal so i wanted to talk a little bit about the history of like this kind of phenomena now so in 2022 the all domain anomaly resolution office was formed so arrow for short or (laughs) aaro 
And this expanded on the previously formed group, which I think has a better name, called the Airborne Object Identification and Management Group. Yeah. But a much harder to remember acronym. So that one was (laughs) A-O-I-M-S-G. It doesn't really... (laughs) really, Yeah, it's (laughs) A-O-M-S-G. So they shortened it, made it a little bit easier to remember. So now it's Arrow. And... um. So basically this group of people, it's like a, I mean, I'm pretty sure it's a government group. It's like their entire purpose is to kind of analyze, mm-hmm. identify these uh, UAPs, consider whether or not they're threats, uh, all of all of those types of things. Right. And once this group was established, a lot of people in the intelligence community were kind of critical of them because they seemed to be like unable to give any concrete explanation for like the hundreds of UAP events that keep happening every year. And it seems to be that it's like getting more and more common. Um, Mm. Well, because of this criticism, they actually hosted a congressional hearing in 2022. And so different like lawmakers and people from the intelligence committee committee and a bunch of people attended. And most people tried to stay away from the topic of like extraterrestrial life and keep it more like grounded in, you know, what's going on on earth. Yes. Um, but there was like specifically interest expressed um, that in reports that included things that were like unusual flight characteristics. So um, reports of these objects having like being able to travel at incredible speeds, um, transmedium capabilities. So basically being able to move mm. from like the air to water, like back to the air very rapidly. Um, right. And then, uh, again, undetectable means of propulsion, because those things are all, like, very odd. Um, And so uh, the only one of these capabilities shown by any of the, like, aforementioned UAPs that we were talking about would be the undetectable means of propulsion, because none of them were, like, moving super fast or doing, like, the transmedium stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But ever many of the events that now happen... um, multiple of these characteristics tend to be present. And a lot of people believe that these capabilities are like outside of what is possible for human technology, like currently. Um, So a lot of people do, it's like, they're kind of bouncing around the topic of like extraterrestrial life. It's like, yeah, like, you know, that's probably Russia doing some weird stuff. However, like (laughs) this this isn't like technologically possible. So what's going on? Yeah. So Brooke, I don't know if you heard this or Megan heard, hear this is, Recently, people have said, what if it's like, I don't know, Elon Musk messing around and he's got this new technology, hasn't told anybody? Oh, he would absolutely tell somebody. (laughs) There's there's no way that Elon Musk, if he was... Elon would tell somebody, you're right. He's way too much of a pompous ass. Look at my Iron Man suit. (laughs) um, Exactly. Yeah, but I think it was funny. Somebody uh, kind of brought that up and said, what if it's a bunch of rich guys and they develop something and, or, you know, or if there's these scientists, you know, with rich guys and they're like, Hey, they're not going to look at this. Like you just said, 98% of that data is not looked at. Let's fly this stuff around. And now people are seeing it. I just right. thought it was kind of an interesting side note, you know, because I was like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they could. It for sure could be. I mean, at least part of it or some of them, some of the right. instances I'm sure is something along those lines. But um, but yeah, I just think that uh, rich billionaires are too um too proud of themselves to keep things like that secret. So I don't really believe that that's all of that. <laughs> so, but okay. you know, but who knows? Um, but yeah, I think I think it's a, a variety of different things happening. But mm-hmm. some of them may be explainable and some of them not. But right. Um. 
but this guy, uh, this is kind of interesting. So this guy, I believe his name is pronounced Bill Konkoleski. Um, so he is the state dir- director of the Michigan chapter of the Mutual UFO Network. Um, <laughs> so this is a group that is kind of like leaning more on the, hey, some of the stuff is probably extraterrestrial type of thing. So this hmm. isn't like a government organization or anything. Yeah. Um, so, but they, they're interesting people and actually kind of, it, they have like chapters all over the world. I think they're based in the US though. And like, North Carolina? I don't know. I Don't call me on that. It may be like yeah. Charlotte, North Carolina yeah. or something. Um, so he says that he does not believe that the Lake Huron aerial object um, or any of the other recent occurrences are extraterrestrial in nature. And he thinks primarily because of how forthcoming the government has been with information. So mm-hmm. like, he's basically like, hey, uh, these guys are being way too like forthright with this. So um it's probably not extraterrestrial. Yeah, um, that's a trick. Yeah. I see right through it. <laughs> right, yeah. It's it's interesting. Um, so just a couple of other interesting things. So from a website called The Government Executive, this is a quote from an article that they put out. So in 2021, Congress mandated the creation of an assessment on UAPs. As part of this report, the director of national intelligence identified 144 144 firsthand accounts of UAPs from Mm. military aviators and government censors between 2004 and 2021. So this isn't like, you know, just randos being like, I saw a UFO. This is like military, like aviators, like saying, hey, we saw something really weird. Um, Non-extraterrestrial explanations for various UAPs include things like birds, weather balloons, drones, ice crystals, um, thermal fluctuations, um, and secret technologies being developed by the U.S. or other nations, which obviously that last group is what's most concerning (laughs) and of interest to the government. Um, But these reportings of like strange flight characteristics suggest something more could be going on. Um, So to give more perspective, in 2022 alone, the Pentagon received 247 UAP reports. So that like goes beyond. Yeah. Isn't that insane? That's a lot. Uh, Yeah. So that's like, you know, that includes like military people reporting it, but also like other things, but for them to be like reported to the Pentagon, it's like bigger things. Again, not just some person being like, I saw some weird lights in the sky, but like things that are deemed necessary Mm -hmm. for the Pentagon to look into. So um, according to Konkoleski, he's heard this is all being done right now publicly uh, so that the Pentagon gets more funding from Congress for its programs to look into uh, like the technologies being used by other countries. And others think that it's actually a distraction right now against what's going on with like the train derailment <laughs> in East Palestine, Ohio, which again, maybe, I don't know. Mm. Um but at the end of the day, Konkoleski says, I don't know why they're making such a big show, a big production of it. It's like they're building suspense to make some sort of big statement about it. Whatever that could be, I don't know. So just hmm. kind of interesting. It's interesting yeah. that like, um, I mean, there's so much going on with like the UAP community in the last couple of years since the government has kind of come out and been like, hey, here's all these things that we've experienced in the past. We're finally going to make this public. And now, mm-hmm. and and it's so strange because it's basically like, They've been like, well, here's all this crazy stuff that happened. Um, either some other country is doing this or it's aliens because right. we can't do this. <laughs> it's just kind of like, it's, oh. it's kind of crazy that they basically just came out and gave us all this information and right. people are just kind of like moving on with their lives. But um, 
yeah but yeah there's a lot of a lot of stuff that comes along with it and a lot of um yeah a lot of stuff we could talk about for sure uh yeah awesome yeah awesome that's a lot of stuff See, I miss the good old days of swamp gas and weather balloons. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Aliens probe me in places I shouldn't be probed. Yeah. Uh, I, I miss those good old days where the hicks, and I can say this because I'm a hick, uh, <laughs> like, hey, I was fishing and like a UFO landed and took me and my brother and then they probed us and then they left us for dead. Yeah. Well, that seems to still be happening. Them. But now, now it's overshadowed by like the the real stuff. Apparently, yeah. like, no, I want like you know, <laughs> yeah, the fun stories about it. Yeah, exactly. Like we'll do Men in Black as an episode. That's one of my favorites. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. see the Men in Black anymore. Don't you know what I mean? Oh, that's Whether, true. Yeah, because now they're they just like open about your house it. and they freak that ever living you know what out of you, and you're like, uh, all you <laughs> did was see something, and they're like, you didn't see anything. Uh-huh. Yeah, we're in now like, like weird suits. You know. <laughs> yeah. And now it's like, well, here's all this information. Like maybe you yeah. guys can figure out what's going on. Yeah, you guys <laughs> I don't know. We don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. There's actually there's a new docuseries on I, I want maybe it's Hulu. I can't remember. I watched the first episode, but not all the episodes were out yet. But it's about mm-hmm. UFOs. It has like all these very reputable people who either like currently work right. for the government or have worked mm-hmm. for the government in the past. It's yeah. I'll I'll we can maybe reference it in our next uh episode because i can't remember the name of it but it looked it it was really interesting like very fascinating and it literally just came out so um so yeah this is a very like active topic um very active megan what do you think of all this a little suspicious or just i don't know it kind of seems like ufos are getting like more technologically savvy which is interesting Mm -hmm. so they're like kind of changing with the times i don't know it's kind of interesting Mm-hmm. It is interesting, and you know, you guys remember X Files, right? Oh yeah, the show. Yeah, and and I remember when that came out, there was a big thing with you know UFOs and people saying they've seen all this stuff, and I, I thought that was it. it just it, to me, it's really weird because back in the sixties, fifties, and we'll, we'll talk about this where you know UFOs were all the craze. I mean, there was like UFO diners, and there was like people trying mm-hmm. to make UFOs cars and there was ufo like play sets where the kids could play with and it was just this crazy thing and then it kind of disappeared and now it's like ramping up again like it's just i don't know it's really interesting to me yeah it definitely comes in like phases for sure although there is still um sputnik fest in manitowoc right i think yeah i will cover that i've always wanted i've always wanted to go because it looks like so much fun but (laughs) Oh, we have three different things we can go to when I get to mine. So it's oh, pretty- nice. Good, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Megan. Who is Val Johnson and what the heck did he do? <laughs> this is such an awesome story and it took place right. in Minnesota, which is our neighboring state. And it's actually a really scary and weird and crazy oh. story that I wanted to share. So Hold on, I Megan. You guys Hold on, like Megan. I got to say my thing. Vikings suck. Right, <laughs> Bears, Moving Vikings, on. you know, either one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this story is so crazy. Um, thanks, Brooke, nice. for covering some more recent stories. This one is actually from the 70s, but it's such Ooh. a crazy story that people are still talking about it today. And I think you'll right. see why. It's it's pretty interesting. All right. So this happened in August of 1979. And there was the sheriff deputy who had this like really crazy, strange, like inexplicable 
encounter that happened when he was working a shift. And this actually happened in Warren, Minnesota, which is in rural Marshall County. So this guy, his name is Val Johnson. He was, you know, working his shift and it was about 1.40 a.m. in the morning. So pretty early. And he's uh, on patrol. He's driving his car when he sees this like beam of light down the road. And he said it was about two miles away. So that's like a pretty good distance away. But it was Mm -hmm. it seemed like it was approaching his car at a very fast speed. But I guess he kept going and kept going toward it because he didn't know what it was. But this thing, this beam of light keeps getting closer and closer to him. And it mm. starts engulfing his squad car in like this really mm. bright light. And he even said in interviews when he looked at it, it was extremely brilliant and painful to look at. So it's like this mm. uh, like out of world, crazy sure. bright light that he can't explain. Yeah. Okay. So it's coming really fast towards him mm. when all of a sudden he hears shattering glass. And that's the last detail that he remembers. So it turned out that he actually went unconscious for a total of 39 minutes. So he's just laying in his car unconscious after he sees this light and this loud glass shattering noise. Mm. So finally he comes, you know, he comes conscious again and he gets out of his car and, you know, he's taking a look at the vehicle And he takes a look at the windshield. It was actually shattered. A headlight Mm. broken. And one of his uh, car antennas were completely bent. It was like a 90 degree bend. And I put a photo of it into the outline. But yeah, I see it. Interesting. Another weird thing that happened was he took a look at his wristwatch and the clock in the vehicle. And both of the clocks independently had stopped for 14 minutes. So they were both incorrect, like after the incident. So it's just, even Mm -hmm. to this day, he doesn't know what happened. So obviously this guy's like, he doesn't know what happens. He's out in the middle of nowhere. His car's damaged. Mm -hmm. So he ends up calling for help and, you know, the deputies arrive and uh, his car was turned sideways on the road. Oh, wow. Yeah. So obviously he, something hit him or something still to this day doesn't know so he was taken to the hospital and even medical staff confirmed that he had bruises on his body and they looked at his eyes and he had flash burns Ooh. in his eyes so kind of like a welder's burn if you looked at like a really bright light hmm. so there's actually medical evidence that he encountered something that harmed him interesting so yeah. we look around the area to see if there's any evidence of anything they hit. He hit. They find nothing. So, mm. so weird. But this is so interesting. The story didn't stop there. Obviously, you could probably guess people started catching wind of this of story. Course. And quickly, yeah. he becomes this like local legend and like national media sensation. He was interviewed by Channel 5 Eyewitness News. He was on ABC's Good Morning America whole bunch of different outlets because obviously people wanted to know his story and what happened completely unexplainable but something that like kind of you know was expected is that people were asking him so much about this story that it started to cause him like a lot of emotional trauma Mm because he he was really scared and he still didn't know you know what happened which is I mean, it kind of makes you think it's like this is another example of why people don't come forward and tell their stories because Mm -hmm. it it just like transforms your life when it gets out. 
Yeah. Another interesting thing is he actually refused to take a polygraph test about the incident because mm -hmm. he didn't want to play into people's like morbid curiosity yeah. about it. Like he didn't want to put fuel on the flame. He just mm -hmm. wanted to be honest, but people were just like blowing it out of the water. Uh, and Megan, just really quickly, polygraph tests are no longer admitted to court. I yeah. mean, they have found out it is not valid. Yeah. So, uh, like there's validity to it, but it's not like 100%. Not so they're not like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, because it's the, it's the, it depends on the questions that you're asked, right? Mm -hmm. So someone asks you if you love your mother and you just had a fight with her. You might, <laughs> right, it could be. Right, you may say yes, but it comes out no, just because right. your emotions at that time are, mom was kind of a bitch to me and I'm mad <laughs> at her. Right. So, but I love my mom. Of course I love my mom. And things like this where it's so heightened that he's going through so much stress. If someone says, so did you see an alien? Well, no. <laughs> right? But right. what did he see? It, it, that's what yeah, I think. Yeah, he still well, doesn't know I, what he saw. So yeah, how could so there's he? Nothing, there's nothing to that. People make a big deal about that. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. So, mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess back in the 70s, things were a little bit different. And of course. Yeah. yeah. So, of course, you know, out of this situation, there were people that were completely skeptical about it. There were people mm -hmm. saying, like, oh, this is a hoax. He damaged his own car. But there are some details about the incident that still kind of spark questions for me. Like, for example, he claims that he never heard any engine noises, mm. like a plane motor sort of noise. So he it's kind of weird that it would be like a explainable flying airplane or some similar object. He didn't hear motor noise. Right. So mm. when this object hit his windshield, they actually analyzed the skid marks on the road and he yeah. skidded for 800 feet. Oh, he stopped. Wow. So it's like, that seems pretty dangerous if you were just making that yeah. Right, like, like that's, yeah. that's crazy. Plus, his car was yeah. completely spun in the road when Oof. you know he finally stopped. And then there's yeah. that antenna on his yeah. patrol car, it was like completely bent, like in yeah. a 90 degree angle, which is interesting. So, Megan, really quickly, these cars back in the day were built like tanks. So, mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. you know, when you were a little kid, if you ever rode, I my mom had the Chevy Impala. And not to say that mm -hmm. I did anything to it <laughs> when I was 16, I got my driver's license, but let's just say I hit a tree with it and it put <laughs> like a minor dent. Right. If I yeah. robust. my car today, right now, it'd be total. I, yeah. I guarantee you, it'd be total. <laughs> so, I mean, to do that, it takes tremendous force. Mm -hmm. So I think yeah. that's something people have to understand too. Like those cars work. Big time, like a tank. I mean, that's real steel, not plastic. So. Mm -hmm. Right. And we'll, we'll post a picture of what the windshield looks like, but it, it yeah. looks like the item hit really hard. Oh, yes. It didn't completely shatter the whole windshield, but it, it definitely looks like a hard impact, whatever it yeah. was. It looks like a sniper's bullet. If you have yeah. saying Yeah, I don't but know. That's high caliber. That'd be a high caliber sniper bullet. Why would somebody at 1.40 in the morning <laughs> be shooting at a cop with a high sniper rifle? I don't know. I mean, well, it's kind of in the middle of nowhere, it looks like. Correct. Like, like there's nothing around. There aren't buildings. So no. 
very hmm. interesting, but I don't know. What do you guys think? Do you think this is something that he could have pulled off as a hoax? Cause I personally think it would be really hard. Mm. To pull off. I Oops. guess like he could, but like, yeah. would he, <laughs> I don't know. It just seems like so yeah. random and like convoluted that like, why, like why would someone fake it? Right. I, I don't know. I definitely don't get the vibes that he faked it. Not that I think it's like 100% aliens or anything, but, um, mm -hmm. but it's definitely weird. Definitely very weird. What about you, John? Um, so here's the thing. One of the one of the things that people would say is, well, you know, I don't know if you've ever uh, been driving down a road and a bird hits your windshield and you're mm -hmm. just like, whoa, or gravel from a stupid dump truck that, mm -hmm. by the way, not that it's a personal story, but it is, that cracked my windshield because of stupid rocks <laughs> coming <laughs> out of there at such a high velocity. Um, now, to me, that why would... You know what I mean? It's not like there's a dump truck in front of you and yeah. you know, a rock fell out or, or yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So well, and since he like had, yeah, yeah, like burns on his retinas and stuff right. too. Like that's, that's not what something gets me. Good. Yeah. Yeah. How would you do? And why would you want to do that? Right. <laughs> yes, right. <laughs> Uh, don't, I don't think know. you could get welder's burns on your eyes from mm -hmm. you know like a dump truck coming towards yeah. you. So definitely and, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and back in the day, the National Enquirer, I'm bringing up a bunch of good history, so I'm dating myself, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> the National Enquirer used to pay like anywhere from $500 to like $50,000 per crazy story you had. And some, you don't even have to prove it. And I don't see anything in this story, and, and Megan, correct me if I'm wrong, if he, if he said, hey, National Enquirer or somebody like that, pay me. X amount, and I'll tell you the story. Did do you get a vibe of that when you were researching this, Megan? He came off very honest to me. You can actually go on YouTube and you can look up his name. His name is okay. uh, Val Johnson, and you can Ooh. find the actual Channel Five Eyewitness News interview with him. And he just seems like a normal guy, and he definitely like had emotional trauma out of this experience. Mm -hmm. Like strike me as someone who wants to play into the media and make a big deal about it. Like he actually was getting so many calls for the year after it happened that like he was completely run ragged with constantly, you know, talking to people on the phone. It, it was a lot for him. So I think mm -hmm. he, he didn't like that it was made into a huge story, but obviously people were interested in the story. So can't really blame him. Right. Nice. Nice. You have so, a fun fact. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I'm saying you have a fun fact. So it sounds like Val might be living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin now nowadays with his wife. So nice. Wisconsinite now. So he's living a quiet retirement. But um something interesting to finish off this story. If you want to go see his car. Nice. That got damaged. It's actually preserved at the Marshall County Historical Society. <laughs> so you can go and see the damage for yourself. And I can't confirm this, but I read that they put the car on display every year at the Marshall County Fair. There we go. <laughs> Interesting. Road really trip. Have, I don't know. Road trip. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. I'll put a picture of it on our Instagram, Dairyland Fright, nice. so you can check it out. That sounds awesome. 
that is a great story. It, it kind of reminds me, and we'll cover this story too. There's so many, but one of my favorite ones is the Travis Walton story, uh, Fire in the Sky. Made a movie about it, did a book about a logger who was abducted, but kind of like the same thing here. Like, it wasn't, I mean, people saw it and there was some proof, but he could never get past the skeptics and anything like that. And, you know, I, I just think it was really interesting. Like, why would he fake this? Kind of the same, kind of the same thing. So interesting. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. All right, John, do you have any other stories that you can tell us? Yes, I do. Um, <laughs> hey, I bet you guys didn't know this. We have three, count them three, UFO capitals in Wisconsin. Oh, hey, they're all that. in the capital. <laughs> so <laughs> Belleville, Dundee, and Elmwood. Have either one of you been to any of these small towns? I believe Belleville. That's close to us, isn't it? Yeah, yeah Belleville is pretty close to me. And they have like a whole parade and such around UFOs. It's actually That's quite right. a spectacle. You are right. You are right. And I'll cover that. <laughs> so one of the things we'll get into, like I said, a major episode or different parts. So how we want to want to do it down the line, but you gotta remember UFOs or UAPs, whatever you want to say, have been around since basically people could write and draw. So when I was doing a bunch of research on the history, I was like, well, I don't think Megan and Brooke don't want to hear me talk for the next three hours. <laughs> <laughs> They, and I don't think any of you want to hear me talk for the next three hours, uh, even though you're the greatest fans in the world. Uh, so <laughs> what I really did was I did a niche and I looked in Wisconsin and Wisconsin. Thank you so much because you gave me some great stuff here. <laughs> so we do have UFO capitals here. So I'm going to start with Dundee, Wisconsin, um, <laughs> which actually has an alien in a jar. That is real, Brooke and Megan. I'm telling you, okay. it's real. So, <laughs> I believe it. I put it up on Instagram a little early to give a tease. So, but here, <laughs> Benson's Hideaway. It's this dive bar, which we, me personally, I love dive bars because it's just, Same. I don't know, just great. So it's um, on Long Lake near Campbellsport in the center of this unincorporated town. And I'll put a picture of the bar and. Once you'll see it, you'll go like, oh, even if you're not from Wisconsin, you're like, yeah, I'm into a bar like that. Um, <laughs> so it even has a, a sign, by the way, road trip, uh, UFO headquarters. <laughs> that that is. So the gentleman who owns this, his name is Bill Benson. This is from um, JS Online. Um, he has an alien in jar that someone found in a cave near Roswell, New Mexico, and, and just gave it to him. So there you go. Wow, wow. Him. what a gift. Right. <laughs> Isn't that be nice if you're just sitting at, sitting somewhere and someone goes, hey, Megan, you Buck, you like an alien? And you're like, uh, absolutely. Sure. <laughs> yeah, Put <laughs> it on your mantle. Like, yeah. awesome. like, what do you mean by that? Um, so anyway, his, uh, Mr. Benson, his interest in the paranormal began in 1947, uh, oh, wow. where he said a crop circle appeared near his home. And this is according to Wisconsin Frights, not Dairyland Frights, but, oh, okay. but still a shout out. <laughs> um, he also said he's seen strange, light, strange lights and objects in the sky. Hmm. Ben Benson, road trip, 
encourages patrons to share their own UFO sightings, and he has a binder of photos of these UFOs, some captured near, get this, there's a mountain in Dundee, which- Wow. Is, it's not a mountain. <laughs> yeah, cool, I mean, cool. okay. I don't Dundee know. mountain. It's only 250 feet above the surrounding <laughs> Okay. Yeah, so, but it's an epicenter of strange activity. Um, so again, what was really interesting about this, he, he's not shying away from this. He, he has, since 1947, he has not been like, okay, it's a go, uh, not a go, it's, it's a fake and everything. Um, yeah. so I thought that was really interesting. You know, he is not, like I said, he still sticks to it. That he's nice. in jar. So just really quickly, um, Alien in a jar <laughs> that someone gave you. Uh, you, Brooke, said yes, you're good. Megan, you're, you would say no. Why would you say <laughs> no? Probably they would have bad juju. Bad juju. Probably. Probably. Right. I'd risk it, though. So, would you open on. it, though? Would I open it? Oh, hell no. <laughs> I might I open it. See it. Brooke, you wouldn't open it. <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, I'm looking at his jar. I don't think I'd open that. That looks yeah, cool. That does look like a biohazard. Nasty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's really funny. I did some more research on it. And they do have, like, a UFO day. And they have all this really cool thing. And everybody goes to the bar. Um, I looked at it on Google Earth, kind of looked at it. It could use some work. <laughs> uh, for a UFO capital, I think the aliens should chip in and help him out <laughs> yeah get it on the map for sure up a little bit but that's just me um anyway so let's get on to our next one elmwood wisconsin again this is really cool because it's a cop and i we always love cop stories because technically they're not gonna blow smoke they're gonna tell the truth so one of the first reported sightings in this small town it's about 35 miles west of eau claire and i know some of you who like i don't know where that is but it's kind of near a fairly large town i guess um this happened in 1975 <laughs> when <laughs> police officer george wheeler reported seeing a fiery red ball the size of a football field what? streak what? across the sky how could he now, tell? think about that we just said atv and we said like what small car and this is a football field lady what? i don't know how I don't understand how someone could tell that from, from standing on the ground. We'll, we'll get to it. Okay, this, is, okay. this is interesting. And down here, you'll see a sign, which they have up here, which is crazy. So more signings followed in the ensuing decade, including another by Wheeler in 1976. His second encounter was, was that an encounter, according to an Associated Press article. Yes, the Associated Press got in this, which is super funny. So press only covers like, like you know, something with the president or the government. Mm -hmm. Something significant or no? This is serious. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> when when Wheeler went to investigate what he thought was a fire on top of the hill, he found the object described as a flaming orange object, two hundred and fifty feet across, two oh. stories high, hovering above the ground. Okay. Wow. Right, that's huge. So I'm like, you, you're that's crazy. So he saw it again. That's crazy. 
So Wheeler was hit by a blue beam. How did he know he was a blue beam? I don't know, but he was. <laughs> uh, he had a bad headache for days. Um, and other residents claimed, <laughs> this is typical Wisconsin again, that their TV sets went off for a few minutes. So there you go. <laughs> They're sitting hey, there yeah. for TV dinners. Probably during a, yeah, during a yeah. football game so, or something. Yeah, so they they have a sign, which we will put up on our Instagram page and website and all our good stuff. Um, and if I'm, I'm having it right here. It, it shows, if you want to look at it, ladies, it shows all the different incidents. And yes, that sign is still there. Oh, nice. So you oh, can go there and check your head. If you would like it. <laughs> sorry, sorry about the cat. Been oh, he wants to see yeah, he's, he's right. excited about it. I know. Who wouldn't be? It's a giant orange thing with the size of a football field. That's yeah, crazy. that's crazy. So, again, every year they have like a little thing where they celebrate this and everything. Let's get the bell bill. So, this is a personal story and it's a lame one, but I, I'm not apologizing. So. <laughs> So I remember this one because I was in uh, freshman in high school and me and my nerdy buddies heard about um, this and wanted to go. And I remember my girlfriend at the time, I begged her to to go with me and she begged me not to go. Um, (laughs) Hell no. Yeah, you're not going, John. I'm this nerdy kid. Come on, I gotta go and see you. And this also claims with police backing. So in January of 1987, several people, including law enforcement officers in the small town, um, it's in the Dane Green County border. I know that means nothing to anybody, but you know, it's getting kind of close to um, some bigger towns. And one of the things um, people saw was these mysterious lights in the sky. And I remember this was actually in the Capital Times, the Wisconsin State Journal. It made like all the news channels. Uh, no one had pictures, of course, because it's 1987. Uh, you know, you didn't have anything at that time. You know, like your phone, you could just bring out no internet. So, what I thought was really interesting was Don Schmidt and Richard Hayden, investigators from the J. Allen Hynek Center for UFO Studies, a privately funded UFO research group that was founded by Northwestern University astronomy professor. So Northwestern, that's a, that's a credible school. Um, it's a very good school. Um, they looked into the incident and Schmidt and Hyden, who are Wisconsin natives, concluded they were legitimate ladies, legitimate sightings. And based okay. on the credibility of many witnesses, the lack of an air traffic in the area that night and radar confirmation. So, in other words, there wasn't anything. Oh, that was a, you know, flock of geese. It was you know small uh, commuter plane. It, no, nothing came up saying that you know this was something in that airspace other than the UFO. So hmm. this is my favorite quote from Glenn Casmir. He's a Belleville police officer. He said, "There was no way in hell that was a star." <laughs> right that's his quote <laughs> <laughs> so he's pretty adamant about it and there were some more unusual sightings over the next few months which again me and my buddies went out there and we would go these country roads and we have our binoculars late at night trying to find we i told you it's a lame story 
We saw nothing. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it hosts UFO dates now uh, around Halloween every year. Uh, nice. Includes a parade, okay. saucer toss, and a costume ball. And nice. the other ones, too, um, Elwood and Dundee have the same thing. Then you dress up like an alien, you go down there, everybody gets drunk and, you know, <laughs> has their time. So, typical Wisconsin. Um, <laughs> so, Manitowoc, that was the one, uh, Brooke, I think you were talking about. Was I was. Yeah. Sputnik okay. Fest, yeah. <laughs> so, Manitowoc had an actual encounter with something from space on September 6, 1962. <laughs> this is great. I love this. Uh, if you're not familiar with this story, just imagine you're in this small town when a 20-pound piece of a Russian satellite, yes, Sputnik <laughs> 4, or yes, yeah, Sputnik 4, crash-landed on the street outside this rare West art museum. So imagine you're just sitting there and this bam, you know, this thing <laughs> Remember, it's 1962. People. It is 1962. So anything falling from the sky freaks everybody the F out, right? Oh, Everybody's yeah. Out. So Manitowoc, oh, man, you should have kept it and kept your mouth shut. But <laughs> they sent it to NASA and the Smithsonian which eventually sent it back to the Soviets. Come on. Oh, no. Stars. Finders keepers. Um, <laughs> that's the rule. Um, so the museum in Manitowoc has a replica inside, so it's not real, people. Uh, so if you're trying to steal it. <laughs> It'd be bad. cool if it was. Outside, a metal ring on 8th Street near Park Street marks the spot where it was found. They got like a little plaque thing, kind of. <laughs> And the, the town celebrates its brush with the space race with the festival, of course. Sputnik Fest, complete with costumes, contests. Yeah. Alien Drop, it's held in September. You I've get always drunk, wanted. Cheese, and you talk about Sputnik. Yes, um, I've always wanted to go. There you go. <laughs> this year, this um, is going to be the year. <laughs> so really, year. really quickly, too, um, and I it's kind of with the Lake Huron story and stuff like that, kind of. Um, on February 15th, I just wanted to bring this up just really quick. I thought this was really interesting. Um, in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, they had the uh, fire pilots from the 148th Minnesota National Guard based in Duluth, Minnesota, um, responded and shot down this object. And Senator uh, oh boy, I'm going to mush mouth Klobuchar, thank you, has <laughs> not confirmed where this object came from or what exactly the object was, but he, she said it's a danger to air traffic. So the only reason I wanted to bring that up is because we seem to be a little trigger happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. you know yeah, saying? no kidding. Right. Shouldn't we just be like, let's try to communicate first. Okay. We didn't hear anything. <laughs> Or it has an evil voice and says it's going to take over the world and, and kill us. But we're just like, ah, shoot it down. <laughs> <laughs> Naturally. Right? Uh, just, what, what are we doing? Do you have any thoughts on that really quick before I get to my last thing here? I wouldn't want to make the aliens mad if it is aliens. Yeah. So it makes me a little nervous. <laughs> a little bit. What if there's just like a little green guy in one of those things? And yeah. he's just like, just trying yeah. to hang out, say hi. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Uh, on offhand that that might be the case it kind of makes me sad <laughs> but um, that's me 
<laughs> that makes you me said, think of uh, the little green penguin story you told us, John. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, man. Maybe we did show them, like, down. flapping their wings. Oh, man. <laughs> Doing their little dance. If you haven't right. uh, listened to that one, that one's in our, what is it, our Strange Cryptids Strange episode. Cryptids. Yeah. In Legends, yeah. Highly recommend. Yes. Highly recommend. It was good. A really great story, again, about a farmer, you know, salt of the earth kind of guy who's going to be like, you know, why would he make that up? So one thing that I wanted to do just really quickly, because I think a lot of people are like, well, what's a close encounter? And what's this? And if I see it, but it's name. There's a lot of information out there. So I'm just going to give some quick, basic information. So if you do see a UFO, you'll be able to be like, oh, it's a one, two, three, four, five classification. So really quickly, number one close encounter is just visual. So you just see it. Oh, it's a UAP, whatever. Number two is actually as a physical effect is alleged. So dealing with your cop, um, like something gets... Uh, what they say can be interference, uh, function of a vehicle or electronic device, animals reacting, psychological effects, paralysis, heat, discomfort, so on and so forth. Uh, like the ground is scorched or otherwise affected vegetation or a chemical trace. So this is from J. Allen Hynek, The UFO Experience, A Scientific Inquiry. So if you want to read that, it's on Valentine Books. It's from 1972 there. So maybe we need a little updating. <laughs> Um, so Close Encounter 3 is actually a UFO encounter with a animated entity is present. So these include humanoids, oh. robots, I don't know why I threw in robots, and humans um, seem <laughs> to have occupants of the UFO. So you kind of see it and you're like, oh, okay. So it's like kind of like E.T., if you remember E.T. back in the day, mm-hmm. <laughs> where E.T. is coming down the, yeah. the wrap and you're like, ooh, there's E.T. That's in Close Encounter <laughs> Um, close encounter four. This is the scary one. This is where you're actually abducted. Ooh, okay. So right. this one, by the way, um, like when I, I was talking about Travis Walton, Fire in the Sky, um, there's also Betty and Barney Hill you may have heard of. If you know anything about UFOs, we can we can uh, cover that uh, abductions uh, down the line. But there's a movie out there with Mila Jolovich. Um, she, you probably best know her from the Resident Evil movies and uh, Fifth Element. Um, she did a movie called, basically, <laughs> Close Encounters, uh, not Close Encounters, uh, um, Fourth Kind, uh, I think it's like Fourth Kind of, yeah, so Encounters of the Fourth Kind. And basically, it's a movie where people have had, it's a horror movie, and uh, basically people who have encounters, and now when they're put up, under hypnosis, like flip out. <laughs> and he starts speaking this language. Uh-huh. It's kind of scary. Um, I give it a two out of five stars. I find it anywhere. It was done a number of years ago. It, it's like I said, it's kind of scary because it, it happens to normal people and they do a really great job of making it look like a documentary. So when you're watching it, you're like, is this a documentary or is this a film? Uh, but anyway, they're trying to figure out how these people are now speaking this ancient language that nobody can figure out after they were abducted. So, you know, give it give it a chance and see what you think. Uh, and that's really about it. Oh, I wanted to, 
<laughs> I wanted to uh, talk about this organization. Just give the name MUFON. <laughs> and I have either one of you heard MUFON, what that is. No. Uh, okay, so that is the Yeah, no, I think that's Oh, go ahead. That's I think that's the group that that guy that I originally talked about, the what was his name? Oh god, Bill Konkoleski, uh the yeah. Mutual UFO Network. I think that's Correct. MUFON. That's the same Correct. thing. Yeah. <laughs> so those are the people if you see anything, there's a lot of groups out there, but if you see or hear anything, those are kind of the big guys now. Um you can actually go on their site mm-hmm. and find them <laughs> if you want. I can't remember what the fee is, but again, if you want to, more power to you. So, any uh, thing that you want to bring up with, <laughs> other than going to Manitowoc or any of the other places to see the alien in the jar or the sign that shows? A great- I would love. <laughs> I would love to see the alien in a jar. Would love to go to Sputnik okay. Fest. I'm all about all of it. I uh, yeah, I'm a big fan. <laughs> Megan. But, but yeah, no, I think it's really interesting. Um, uh, one other thing, too, I was just yeah, going to mention. I don't remember where exactly this happened, but I remember watching one of the newer um, episodes of uh, Unsolved Mysteries that had, like, the wildest, like, recounting from, like, multiple different people who had this um, UFO experience where they had all seen it. And then they all had, like, this experience where they were they don't really, like, remember being abducted, but they ended mm-hmm. up, like, being... Mm-hmm transported into like different locations it was really crazy but mm. just uh, there's just so many like interesting oh. experiences that i think it'll be oh. be fun to talk about in the future yeah sure. we will we definitely will especially i want to do men in black and um dark-eyed children um that's that's pretty mm. interesting one those are two pretty interesting topics so megan mm-hmm. what do you think so is this alien in a jar? Is it in the bar or does it still yes. exist? It does. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You can just go in there and just be like, uh, hey, show me the alien in the jar. <laughs> I feel like the liquid in the jar is like suspiciously cloudy so that you can't see it very well. So I, mm. I would like to be mm-hmm. Also, it looks like it's like a, pl- it looks like to me, it appears as though it's like a cheese puff container type of jar like like plastic right, like, like a plastic a lid one. like it doesn't <laughs> seem very secure or uh yeah, yeah it just looks a little sketchy which is super <laughs> but, funny because yeah. when i was doing research on this i was going like don't you think the government like he never said oh i have men in black show up or the government showed up or somebody said hey buddy <laughs> that looks dangerous. <laughs> you you give it over. Get rid of that before you get cancer or something. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, <laughs> nothing like that. Yeah. I'm going to go mind. with that's a fake. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to agree with you on that one, Brooke. <laughs> so, we have a no on the jar, our fellow Periscanis. Um, but it's something, you know, I want to check out the uh, album he has. Of people talking about their experiences. Oh yeah, that sounds fun. I would be really mm-hmm. interested in that. Yeah, so I want to see that sign too. The sign looks fun. Yeah, I know <laughs> it, it's it needs a little work. I think the alien could help him out with that. Um, yeah. <laughs> all right. So, anything else on aliens? Anything you guys want to bring up before we end the episode? <sighs> 
you know, so much, but also I think we'll save it for another day. <laughs> I know. There's just so, so much. Um, and we learned a lot in this lesson. Uh, I should say this episode. We learned that Brooke and I would probably take the jar. Uh, with some, <laughs> maybe with some, you know, hey, limitations. Megan's like, no way. Um, no. Interesting that everyone has a party <laughs> because of this. So definitely something like to check out. And again, if any of you have been to these parties, dairylandfrights at gmail.com or go to our YouTube. Uh, it's, hit subscribe, please. And put your stories in because, you know, or send us some pictures on Instagram, you know, Dairyland Fright. Uh, we'd yeah. love to see that. We'd love to we'd see. Love yeah, we'd love to uh, see your Sputnik fest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All true. right. So normally we say, say hi to your ghost, but now we're going to say, say hi to your alien. <laughs> your, yeah. And we'll no. be back for the next episode where we have, now we're going to Michigan. We're going to cover the Michigan Dogman. We're also going to cover Grand Hotel, Mackinac Island. Ooh, some really good research in there. And uh, I look really forward to it. So I will talk to you ladies later. Sounds, Sounds good. good. See you next time. All right. Peace out. See you next time. See you next time. This is John from Dairyland Frights. And are you scared of your podcast hosting site? Well, not anymore, because with Podbean, you can get a free month of hosting for your podcast. And also, yes, there's more. You can get $100 of free advertising for your podcast, where you can advertise on Dairyland Frights or in many other podcasts on Podbean. So don't be scared and come over to Podbean today. And you can go to Dairyland Frights, podbean.com. That's Dairyland Frights podbean.com so don't be scared come over to podbean we love it you'll love it too